execute order 66. Starting out with a little Emperor Palpatine, followed by some Rob Zombie. Uh, why? Because I fucking can. Why not? Welcome to the Ninja Nerd Warrior Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Greg. And uh, for those of you who have followed me before, this used to be the Ten Forward Lounge Podcast. Um, why the name change? Well, I started the uh, Ten Forward Lounge about a year ago. And it was... Okay, so the original concept was... I'm a giant geek, as anyone who knows me will attest. And the original concept was, wouldn't it be cool to have a place where geeks could get together, have a couple drinks, you know, and talk about geek shit? And being the giant sci-fi nerd that I am, I thought, the first thought was 10 Forward Lounge, uh, the bar on the Enterprise. And since it's about well, roughly fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars to open a bar, and only about five hundred dollars to start a podcast, uh, we're gonna go with the podcast. So that was the original concept of the Ten Forward Lounge. I was gonna come on, have some friends on. We were gonna get drunk and talk about geek shit. But the only problem was that I never recorded the show in the same place. I would be at friends' houses. I would be on the road. I would be you know, out of town somewhere. And it's really hard to get drunk, talk about geek shit, remember how my equipment worked, and uh, do all that without getting a DUI on the way home. Uh, I've already gone through one DUI, and I managed to get through that without being tased. So uh, we're gonna, I wasn't going to roll the dice. No, no way I'm getting to that again twice. So that was the original concept of the 10 Forward Lounge. And honestly, I kind of feel like I I took that concept about as far as I could. Anybody who listened to the shows, um, it was me and my lovely co-host, Catherine. And all we ended up doing was kind of movie reviews. You know, it, it, we just, we kind of fell into a, a rut where we had one idea for the show and neither one of us was fully comfortable with just doing that. And so um, we decided to branch out a little bit more. And as far as the name change goes, uh, I did some research, and there's already 10 Forward podcasts on YouTube, and there's 10 Forward websites, and so I kind of wanted to get away from anything that would confuse us with anybody else, and so Ninja Nerd Warrior was a term I coined, kind of, it's kind of as an inside joke, really. Uh, a Ninja Nerd Warrior is, I love the geek fandoms out there, the comic book, the anime, the gamers, you know, your horror movie geeks, your wrestling geeks. There's so many different fandoms. And I wanted something that encompassed all of them together. You know, um, it's really funny how I've been involved in sports since I was five years old, but I never really kind of hung out with the jocks. I always kind of gravitated toward the geeks. So while, you know, all my jock buddies were kind of making fun of the, the guys playing D&D, &D, in the back of the classroom, I'd be like, hey, what's going on? Hey, did you guys catch uh, Star Trek Next Generation this weekend? So uh, so that's the concept. Ninja Nerd Warrior is um, 
it's basically saying that I can be a geek in comics. I can be a geek in anime, gaming, sci-fi, horror movies. I can be a sports nerd. You're telling me that those guys dressed up at the Raiders games in fucking Darth Vader outfits and Darth Maul and fucking Road Warriors gear? That, that's fucking cosplay. That's cosplay for, for jocks. Don't fuck around. So, anyway, that's the new concept, Ninja Nerd Warrior. It's the new podcast, and uh, you can look me up, Ninja Nerd Warrior, on anything. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. I have opened accounts with the Ninja Nerd Warrior name on all those fucking things. I guess this would be a good time to apologize. Listen, folks, if you've ever had a conversation with me, you know that I swear like a drunken sailor on crystal meth. So if a few F-bombs are going to offend you, this is definitely not the place. So uh, just warning you right now, I'm going to fucking swear like I fucking want to. So what else have I been up to? Um, I haven't done a show since November. Um, It's been a while. I actually had to go back and research it. Uh, You can go up to YouTube and check out those old 10 Forward Lounge podcasts. Uh, There's 12 of them up there, and uh, hopefully they didn't suck too much. Hopefully you guys still enjoyed them. I'm definitely going to work to make these shows a lot better. Um, Anyway, no, what have I been up to? Uh, I'm still wrestling. I actually had, uh, I I got to knock a couple items off my uh, bucket list as far as wrestling goes. I had, I got to do a fatal four-way steel cage match. Um, I guess I should back up. I'm wrestling for Vendetta Pro Wrestling up in Santa Maria, California. And I am wrestling for SenCal Professional Wrestling in uh, San Luis Obispo. And I'm going to send a shout-out to those guys because those guys are like family to me. I love everyone involved in those promotions, and uh, they have always been good to me. So I'm going to send a little love-out to them and uh, give them a shout-out. Go check them out. Like I said, Vendetta Pro Wrestling in Santa Maria, California, and SenCal Professional Wrestling in San Luis Obispo. But, um, no, SenCal booked me in a fatal four-way Steel cage match, which probably the most hectic thing I've ever been involved in. Uh, that was cool as shit, though, but uh, I'm getting old, folks. That Those bumps, those took a couple weeks to, uh, to fully go away. Uh, I took a double stomp from Funny Bone, and if there was one move I was always trying to avoid, it was Funny Bone's double stomp because it looks stiff as shit. And I can now vouch... It is just as fucking rough as it looks. Oh my god, just when a when a dude puts both feet in your chest, that shit's gonna hurt. So um anyway, yeah, I can vouch. Funny bones not fucking around. That move is just as uh just as savage as it looks. Uh, another uh another item I got to take off my bucket list. I got to wrestle my first midget show. Stop laughing. That's not the joke. Shut up. Um no, I actually, okay, so Vendetta Pro Wrestling has this, uh, they kind of splintered off, and they're doing this side promotion called Midget Mania. And Midget Mania is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, they're doing a midget wrestling promotion, and the promotion has gotten over, like, faster than I've ever seen any promotion get over like that. The crowds are fucking crazy. I want to say they did a show in Riverside to about 1,200 people. And that's not wrestling math. Um, I know pro wrestling, the nature of the business is to inflate your numbers. Um, You know, for example, any wrestling card, I'm actually put down as 5'9", 205. Yeah, that's that's wrestling math, folks. I'm 5'4", but in wrestling, I get to be 5'9", and I get to be 205 pounds. So, um, 
So, a little crash course on wrestling math. But, um, no, the Midget Mania show in Riverside was legit 1,200 people. And that crowd was insane. So, uh, I got to do a Midget Mania show because the promoter, uh, Billy Blade, is actually one of my closest friends in pro wrestling. He actually had a, a hand in training me. So, uh, when you come out to see me and if you think I suck, Billy's the guy to blame. But, uh, no, like I said, he's been one of my closest friends for the last 15 years. He helped train me, and uh, he hits me up, and he says, Hey, Greg, we have a Midget Mania show in Bakersfield at the Dome. Would you be interested? Well, fuck yeah, I'd be interested. I'm down to, I'm down to wrestle any show where I don't have to drive two hours to get to the show. And I only get to wrestle in front of my hometown crowd maybe once every three or four years. You know, every I swear I've wrestled in front of my hometown crowd maybe only half a dozen times for about four different promotions. Every time there'll be another promotion that pops up in Bakersfield and, hey, you know, we're the new local promotion, and they're dead in six weeks. But anytime you give me a chance to wrestle in front of my hometown crowd, I'm going to take it. So uh, I asked Billy, I said, what am I doing on this show? And Billy says, uh, and keep in mind, I've never wrestled a midget match before. I've never wrestled um, on a, in a midget show. I've, I'm used to being the midget on the show. Like I said, I'm five foot four. I'm always the fucking shortest guy in the locker room. So uh, a chance to wrestle in front of my hometown crowd and not be the shortest guy on the card? Fuck yeah, I'm taking that. But um, no, the only time I've ever been on a show with a midget was I wrestled a lucha show up in Fresno, and we got there. Uh, just so you know, guys, call time for a show is usually about two hours before the before the opening bell. So your show starts at seven. Call time is usually around five. All right. So that's what time we showed up to uh, this show in Fresno. I can't even remember. Fuck. I can't remember what the promotion was. I just know it was a lucha promotion somewhere in Fresno. But right now, the name I couldn't remember it with a gun to my head. But, um, so we get to the, we get to the show and we're talking to referees and different wrestlers and, and you just kind of, you know, some of these guys we've already worked with a couple times. And so we're just kind of, Hey, what's going on tonight? What's, you know, what's the lineup? You know, blah, blah, blah. And to my right, Masquerita Sagrada walks up. Now, those of you who have followed Lucha Underground, Masquerita Sagrada is the little midget wrestler in the white suit, white mask. And, um... For those of you who, you know, maybe you're more familiar with him in WWE, he was El Torito. They dressed him up like a bull and put him with a couple of Puerto Ricans uh, dressed up like bullfighters. Okay, shit, let's go with it. All right, cool. But that's Masquerita Sagrada. So we're standing there, and, I, and, you know, we're all kind of in a circle and just kind of bullshitting and talking about, hey, what's going on with the show tonight? You know, who's in the ring with who? Blah, blah, blah. Who's going over? And Masquerita Sagrada walks up next to me. Now, here's the problem. At this point, I've only been in the business maybe six to eight months. I don't know that much about international talent. I have no fucking idea who Masquerita Sagrada is. Okay, like I said, I've only in the, been in the business about six to eight months. All I know is this midget walks up next to me, and he's already in full gimmick. He's already got the bodysuit on. He's got the white mask on. He's got a beer in his right hand. I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like I said, I'm used to being the shortest guy on any card I've ever been on. So I look over at, at my buddy John, who's uh, another one who's one of my closest friends for the last 15 years. I went, 
who gave the 12 year old a beer? And John, like, the color just drains out of John's face. And John says, shut the fuck up. That's Masquerita Sagrada. And I went, who the fuck is that? And John proceeds to go through Masquerita Sagrada's entire resume. And he punctuates it by saying, he's fucking 37 years old. And I'm going like, well, how the fuck was I supposed to know that? He's four and a half feet tall. He's dressed in full uh, lucha gimmick. I thought it was a 12-year-old with a fucking beer. Because we're Mexicans. My people would do that. Fuck, I think I started drinking when I was 11. So how the fuck was I supposed to know? Fuck. So anyway, that's the only contact I've ever had with midgets in the wrestling business. And it was like 14 years ago. So I've never been on a, res- on a midget show ever. So I said, Billy, what are we doing? And Billy goes, oh, hey, I've got this great idea where since you're the hometown guy, you're going to come out as the host. Yeah, folks, I'm, I'm not wrestling on this show. I'm basically going to come out and be the rock at WrestleMania 33. Only problem is I have a minuscule amount of the charisma that the rock has. And so I'm going like, oh, fuck, okay, I'm going to host the show. Well, I'm still getting paid the same amount of money, right, Billy? And Billy goes, no, 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 here's the gimmick. So you're going to come out as the host, and you're going to hype the crowd up. You're going to, you know, basically I'm the pro wrestling hype man at this point. I'm the fucking flavor flavor of this show. And so Billy tells me, all right, so you're going to come out, you're going to hype this crowd up, and... um so me and my tag partner, little Fabio, all right, we're going to come out. We're going to talk trash. You're going to defend yourself. You know, we're going to have this, we're basically going to have this promo battle. And finally, you're going to make the challenge. Well, you know what? I'm going to go find myself a tag partner. I'm challenging you guys in the main event. Okay, cool. All right, this is great. So I'm going to, you, you want me to main event this show? And Billy goes, yeah in a mixed tag match. All right, sounds like a lot of fun. Let's do this shit. So day of the show comes, and like I said, call time is usually two hours, hour and a half to two hours before bell time. So show starts at 7. I get there about 5, 5.15. And there's nobody there. There is, okay, there is one other match on the show that does not involve midgets, and it's a women's match. It was uh, Tabitha Jackson, against Allie Parker. Now, Tab is a good friend of mine. I've known Tab five or six years. Tab is such a sweetheart. Love working with her. I've, you know, we've done mixed tags together. Um, we've been on pretty much every Vendetta show for the last four or five years. And uh, so Tab runs up, gives me a big hug. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? And uh, Allie Parker, who I've never met, but follow her on social media. Another just absolute sweetheart. So it's kind of cool to finally get to meet her. But other than that, there's nobody here. I mean, you have Billy and his crew setting up the ring and setting up the building and the chairs and everything. And you have our uh, photographers who are from Wasp Best Videos. I will give them a shout-out because they're awesome as well. Go check out Wasp Best Videos on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, But, I mean, other than that, there's nobody there. Me, Billy, Tab, Allie. That's it. Those are the only wrestlers there. And I'm going, hey, Billy, where is everybody? And Billy's like, oh, I don't know, bro. You know, maybe there's, I think they're just running late. Okay, cool. They're running late. No big deal. And uh, so 
I'm going, what the fuck? We, we opened doors 15 minutes ago. There are, there's about 200 people in this building. There's four fucking wrestlers. Like, seriously, this is going to be the shortest indie show ever. Where the fuck are these guys? And I'm, I'm honestly a little pissed off. Because you don't show up 15 minutes before a show. That is super fucking unprofessional. And it, it's, it's just not done. I learned in my career a long time ago that they give you a call time. You fucking show up at the call time. And, of course, if anybody, any of the promoters I've worked for listen to this, like, dude, you've been late 20, 30 minutes before. Shut up. Anyway, I have never shown up 15 minutes before a show. But anyway, so we're just kind of like, where the fuck are these guys at? What's, you know, the entire card. Folks, this it's like the entire card has not shown up. And all of a sudden, this fucking minivan pulls in. And I shit you not, eight midgets jump out of this fucking minivan. I'm laughing uncontrollably. I have fucking tears in my eyes because a minivan full of midgets just pulled up and they just dumped out like the fucking carnival just came into town. I'm dying. I am just fucking laughing because A, I've never seen I've never seen a car full of midgets just pour out into a parking lot. B, I'm also realizing that this isn't the only time they've done this. These guys fucking travel together. So at some point, there was a dude at a gas station or a truck stop or a Denny's who just saw a giant minivan pull up and eight midgets pour out like a clown car. I'm dying. I'm fucking just, I'm laughing my ass off. I'm not even pissed they're late anymore. This was the funniest thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. So uh, anyway, yeah, um... So little Fabio comes in, and hey, I hear we're working together. You know, we shake hands. Cool, nice to meet you. Uh, really nice guy. Um, my tag partner, little homie, walks up. Yes, his name was little homie. And here's the problem with little homie. I'm not entirely sure he spoke English. The show was six weeks ago. I'm still not entirely sure that motherfucker speaks English. I, I was talking to him. Uh, he just smiled and nodded. Um, I know when Fabio talked to him, like, they were on the same page. They were cool. I couldn't tell you one fucking thing this guy and I talked about. I have no idea. I don't know if the fucking guy understood a word I said. No idea. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? So we're putting our match together, and I don't remember if it was Billy or if it was Fabio who has this idea, all right, Billy's holding you, I hit the ropes, you sidestep, and send me headfirst into Billy. So, to recap, the spot is, and you've seen this spot in tag team wrestling, it's one of the oldest spots in the book, one tag team partner's holding the opponent, other guy hits the ropes, moves, boom, hits his own partner. Old, one of the oldest spots in the book. Except... You're doing this spot with a midget. So, when I break free and I sidestep, I'm sending Fabio headfirst into Billy's groin. Fabio headbutts him. Billy grabs his balls, takes a bump. And Fabio says, okay, I'll long feed. So as I'm turning around, boom, super kick, I take a bump. Cool. Sounds like a good spot. 
So match is going along. Everything is going great. Crowd is into this. Here comes the spot. Billy's got my arms behind my back. Fabio hits the ropes. I break free. I sidestep. I do a pass by. Fabio goes headfirst into Billy's balls. Billy grabs his sack, takes a bump. Fabio long feeds around, and as soon as he faces me, boom, super kick right into Fabio's face. He takes a bump. Crowd loses its shit. And I am just working this crowd. I'm firing up. And I'm, I have this voice in the back of my head that says, did you just commit a hate crime? You, you just kicked a midget in the head. Like, seriously, this, this has got to be a hate crime, right? Think about this. Wrap your head around this for a second, folks. We have created such a whiny bitch society that you can offend people without even trying. We have, we live in this social media world where I, I seriously believe there are people out there that just look to be offended. That is their goal in life. They want to be offended. They've been protesting the Washington Redskins having a racist mascot for at least 10 or 15 years. Like, that's something that comes up every three or four years is they protest that, well, that, that mascot's racist. I kicked a midget in the fucking face, and not only was nobody offended, they paid me for it, and they asked me if I can come back and do it again next month. And truth be told, I didn't know kicking a midget in the head was on my bucket list until I did it. So, anyway, it is, uh, it's really hard to segue out of a story about kicking a midget in the face. But um, I guess the obvious question is, where is your lovely co-host, Catherine? Well, Catherine is still with us. Um, she couldn't be here on this show, but uh, she wanted me to let you guys know that she does miss you. And she will be on the next show. The only reason she isn't here with us tonight is because she has been working like crazy. Her modeling career has actually taken off. It's picked up a lot of steam. And she was published. She's actually been published in, if you guys, ever, if you guys caught the... January edition of Expressions Magazine. She got a two or three page uh, spread in that in that magazine. Was it two pages? Three pages. Off the top of my head right now, I cannot remember. And I know when she listens to this, she's going to punch me in the head because I can't remember. But um, go check it out. Get a hold of the January edition of uh, Expressions Magazine. My co-host is now a published model. So I was super proud of her for that. And I want to say that there was a good four-week, five-week period, maybe more, where she booked three or four shoots a week. Now, I don't know modeling. I don't know if that's good or not, but I know we were in a car on our way to a different location almost every other day. So I'm thinking she it's really good. She was working a lot. I actually got to see Vasquez rock because of that. I was so stoked. So, for those of you guys who don't know, uh, Vasquez Rock is a monument here in uh, here in Central California, where they have filmed episodes of Star Trek. They have filmed CSI. They have filmed uh, episodes of Twenty Four. For those of you who have ever seen the movie Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, that's where Bill and Ted got killed at. I was super excited to see that. I geeked out like you would not believe. So, uh, and she got a great photo shoot. I'll post some of the pictures here to the, uh, to the YouTube feed. 
she was super excited to shoot there, and uh, the photographer was great. His assistants were awesome. The whole day was just the whole day was was great. So she's working like crazy right now, which is why I'm recording this in a Target parking lot right now. Um, we're in Van Nuys, California. She's working, and I didn't want to be in the way, so I uh, I dipped. And uh, I just found a parking lot, and I decided to hook up my laptop, hook up the microphones, and record this record this show. But that's where Catherine's at, and like I said, she misses you guys, and she will rejoin us again, hopefully on the next show, uh, schedule permitting, of course. Um, actually, because of Catherine, I'm doing some shows. We're going to be at WonderCon, and um, I actually already have a couple of cosplayers these really awesome cosplayers, uh, they already agreed to do a show with us, so we are going to attempt to get this recorded WonderCon weekend. Uh, that's going to be really fun because there's going to be four of us, and I only have two microphones. I cheaped out and I only got the uh, two-input interface, so this is going to be really fun trying to record four people with uh, two microphones. I am also going to do some shows with some more of the models she works with, and hopefully some of the photographers. If you were wondering why I haven't uh, mentioned any names yet, it's because I haven't asked them yet. Uh, they have no knowledge they're going to do this. So, yeah, that's why. I don't want to promise one person, and then uh, you're sitting there going, that's that's not the name you gave us. So, yeah, they are going to – I'm going to get some interviews with some cosplayers, some models, and some photographers, and I'm really looking forward to those. So stay tuned for those. It should be pretty fun. So, anyway, that's pretty much what we've been up to. Um, did I – did I mention that I was doing stand-up comedy on my last shows? I don't remember. God, I hope so. I haven't recorded a show since November, but I've been doing stand-up since June. Um, yeah, I've been doing stand-up comedy for uh, eight, nine months now. I actually found, I fell in with a group of guys who do uh, four open mics a week in Bakersfield. I didn't know Bakersfield had a stand-up comedy scene. Lived here my whole life, had no idea. Bakersfield is known for two things, teen pregnancy and smoking meth. I had no idea stand-up comedy even existed here. So I was super shocked to find out that there's a group of guys doing stand-up. And I ended up meeting these guys, and I've been doing stand-up with them uh, at least once or twice a week. Again, schedule permitting, if we're in town. I actually had to skip a show tonight because Kat was working down here in L.A. So um, I will definitely be back next week, and which means i got to write some new shit. That's the hardest part about doing stand-up, folks. Um, the getting up on stage in front of people and talking on a microphone, it's not really that hard. Uh, it's the writing is the hardest part for me. And I have had some sets that die to death. It's, oh my God, it's not even funny. Um, to put it into perspective, the being in front of a crowd is not that hard for me. I've, I've been doing pro wrestling for 15 years. So the whole, you know, performing in front of a crowd isn't, it, it, it doesn't bother me anymore. Getting on a microphone and actually getting these people to like me, that's the part that terrifies the shit out of me. See, because in pro wrestling, I've learned, I, well, I've been doing it 15 years. So if something's not working, you know, whoever I'm in the ring with, we have the ability to just change up, go somewhere else. They're not buying this. We, we need to, you know, switch it up in the middle of the match. Why not? I haven't learned that in stand-up yet. I've, like I said, I've only been doing this eight or nine months. And so... If I write a set and I go up there, I deliver my set, and people are just looking at me like they want me dead, I, I don't know how to adjust yet. And so hopefully that's a, that is a skill I will learn. 
I've gotten some pretty good reactions, and I would say that I have done more good sets and bad sets, maybe by a very small margin. But right now I'm learning my craft, and I'm, I'm working with a good bunch of guys who I can definitely learn that from them. So I can't say this, though. I did find out that Flappers has an open mic night, and they do auditions every Thursday night. So I want to go down to Flappers, and I want to audition for them. Uh, because I've followed stand-up comedy, oh, shit, pretty much since I was a kid. And I grew up on Robin Williams, Sam Kinison, George Carlin. Those were my three. Those, uh, those are the three I can, I mean, of course, I, I watched Richard Pryor. I watched Eddie Murphy. But for the most part, those three, Sam Kinison, George Carlin, and Robin Williams, those were the three that got my attention. And I, I've loved stand-up comedy ever since I was a little kid. Maybe a little too much because I used to fuck around a lot in class, which is probably why I was such a shitty student. But anything to get a reaction, anything to make people laugh or gross them out, or I would do that. And so when I'm watching, you know, when I grew up watching these guys on stage, part of me always wanted to do that. When I got the opportunity, I went, fuck it, I'm doing this. Well, now I have the opportunity to go to Flappers and audition, which I'm not going to lie, scares the shit out of me. It really does. I still follow stand-up comedy, and I still hear about rooms like Flappers and the Comedy Store, the improv. I was just at the Bray Improv a few few months ago. And it's... It's super exciting to think about performing on those stages, but at the same time, it terrifies the shit out of me. So uh, so hopefully within the next few weeks or so, I'm actually going to take a trip down to Burbank, and I'm going to try it out. And if I suck, then I'll come back to Bakersfield, I'll get better, and I will go back to Flappers and try it again. I also put in for a, uh, I sent an audition video. There is this... There was this website that a friend of mine sent me, my friend Julie, who works in the entertainment business, and she sent me this website for a, a site called Comic Cure. And she told me that, hey, these guys do shows in LA periodically, you should really send in an audition video. And Julie's the one, like, Julie has had faith in me forever. Like, she's the one who's told me that I should do stand-up. And so finally I, I grew a set and I said, okay, fine. I found an open mic and I started doing it. And she was the first one I told. I think I told Julie I was doing stand-up before I told my own family. And Julie, being the absolute sweetheart that she has told me, hey, if there's anything I can do to help your career, you let me know. Well, she sends me this website and says, you better send in an audition video. So I did. And they do shows in L.A. Uh, once a month. I sent in my audition video. Um, here's, how, here's what a fucking noob I am, though. I'm from Bakersfield, California. I know nothing about the entertainment business. I know what a headshot is. But I didn't know I was supposed to have one. So I'm filling out this, uh, I'm filling out this online application. I downloaded one of my sets. There you go. There's my audition video. And it says, headshot. Oh, shit. I don't have a headshot. Oh, fuck. So... The only pictures I have, okay, I've never taken a picture that I like, folks. I never have. I, am, I have a face for radio. I really do. So I don't have a whole lot of pictures of me. And then you take out the pictures where I'm drunk, those pictures of me it gets, gets significantly smaller. So I have uh, any of you who have ever seen my Facebook or my Twitter photo, that is me in front of the Sydney Bay Bridge in Australia. 
I got to go to Australia a couple a couple months a couple years ago. Excuse me, months ago, a couple years ago. And so I put that picture on everything, my Facebook, my Twitter, you know. And so I just re-edited that picture and sent it in. I am such a fucking noob. Oh my god. So uh, yeah, that happened. But they're supposed to notify me by email as to whether or not I got a spot on the show. So fingers crossed, folks, that hopefully I'll be able to t- let you guys know that I'm doing stand-up in L.A. I did have a really awesome moment, though. Uh, I, one of my stand-up heroes right now is uh, Christopher Titus. I listen to his podcast every week, and I've, I have all of, his, uh, all of his specials on DVD. I went and I, I bought them off, uh, off his website. And he's actually one of my heroes in stand-up. I got to see him live at the Brea Improv, uh, I would say back in December. He did a great show. He was working on his new show, Amerigeddon, and he does a meet and greet after, after every show. And I couldn't help it. I had to pick his brain. And I told him, I said, I just started doing stand-up. At this point, I only had like three open mics under my belt. And I told him, I said, what would be your advice for somebody trying to break into stand-up? And he was really cool. Didn't hesitate at all. He said, never stop writing. Write, 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 write. And he said, because the funniest things are the things you don't have to make up. You take those moments in your life that are so outrageous, so fucking ridiculous, that nobody would believe they're true, but at the same time, nobody would ever think to make them up. Okay? Like the whole truth, stranger, and fiction thing. And think about this for a second. I spent the last 15 years as a professional wrestler. I have been on American Ninja Warrior twice. I have been edited off American Ninja Warrior twice. I've trained five different martial arts. I've had my ass kicked more times than I can think of. And on top of that, I used to manage a strip club for five years, and I've kicked a midget in the face. First comedy set I ever written was about my DUI and how not to get tased by the cops when you're drunk as shit. So, yeah, there's very few people have as many what-the-fuck stories as I do. Anyway, this show probably went a little bit longer than I intended it to. I want to do like a, a quick little recording and just let you know that we're back. We're rebranded, and uh, we are the all-new Ninja Nerd Warrior podcast. We've got some really fun ideas about shows that we want to do. Uh, one of my favorite ones, uh, I like this idea. Hopefully it comes out as good on audio as it does in my head. I want to do a show about uh, I miss the Headbangers Ball. Anybody older than 35 years old, you remember the Headbangers Ball. Saturday night, MTV, Ricky Rackman, it was just all metal and hard rock, and it was fucking great. And so hopefully my next show is going to be on the Headbangers Ball. I'm really looking forward to doing that one. And hopefully my lovely co-host, Catherine, will be back. Uh, if not on the next show, then uh, she'll, be, she'll be back very, very soon, I promise. Uh, I, I know you guys don't want to put up with me this whole time. So she will be back. And until then, you can look us up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube under Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can look up my lovely co-host under Hellcat.model on Instagram. And um, until then, we will uh, see you later. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. Thanks for giving me time to take care of that.
I hope you enjoyed the show today, and if you'd like to follow me, I am the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you can also find this podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from, whether it be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can find me anywhere. If you would like to come out and check out the stand-up comedy scene, if you are in the Tulare, California area, you can come out to Barmageddon Sunday night, 9.30. That is hosted by Phil G. Uh, if you're in the Bakersfield, California area, Sunday, 6.30, Room 82, hosted by Jessica De La Garza. That is 7 o'clock. Monday, we have the Great Change Brewery, hosted by Kurt Sieblum, also 7 o'clock. Tuesday, we got back-to-back shows at Club Quip, hosted by Eddie Molina at 7 o'clock. We have uh, Jerry's Pizza at 8.30, hosted by Curtis Taylor III. Wednesday night, we have uh, Tambour Brewing Company, uh, hosted by Chris Flail. That is 7 o'clock. And Thursday, we are back at Club Quip, 7 o'clock, hosted by Austin Beauvais. So, um, yeah, come out and check out some of the Bakersfield's greatest comics. Uh, it's, a, it's a fucking blast, folks. So come on out and check us out. And with that, I am going to go ahead and say goodnight, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.